Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series, Life First. Our big idea for the day is choose life in peace. Jamie Meisner and Doug DeLong join us as they share their life verse for 2015. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Well, good morning and welcome to Valley Point Church and welcome to our first love day of the year as well. It's really exciting to see stuff getting put into the lobby, and of course, what we do with our love days is we collect these items and we simply give it all away. So I want to thank you for participating in that, and I'm really excited that you're here today, and I'm excited for a couple of different reasons. Uh, Here's reason number one. It was five years ago on this Sunday that I officially became your pastor, and so this is kind of a fun day for me. Thank you. It's been a great ride. I love Valley Point Church, and I love what's happening here, and I want to personally thank you for putting up with me for these past five years and helping me grow as a pastor and as a leader. And I say this often, and it's not just something to say, I really believe that our best days are in front of us and that God's got great things in store for us as a faith community, and I'm just thrilled about chasing that with you. So thank you for being here. It's kind of a special day for me, and that's one of the reasons I'm excited. The other reason I'm excited is because we're in the middle of Life Verse, where we're picking out a verse or two, each and every one of us, that we can kind of claim as our own and use to anchor our souls for a new year. So let's jump right into this. If you're anything like me, often we tend to make excuses for the things that can be challenging in life. And because it's challenging, we don't necessarily like to do it. And so we'll make different excuses as to why we shouldn't do it. And I think that's often the case when it comes to reading scripture. And when it comes time personally on our own, outside of what we might experience on a Sunday morning, throughout the week, opening up the Bible and saying, okay, I'm going to invest in this and I'm going to read. We just kind of make excuses for not doing that. And so I thought it would be kind of fun this morning to talk about some different excuses that we tend to give, myself included, and then just explode those excuses. Does that make sense? All right, and again, I make these excuses as well, so I'm not saying this is something that you do. This is what I do as well, and so I thought it would just be enjoyable to look at this and say, let's not make these excuses anymore. Now, as a pastor, I think I have heard just about every excuse there is for not reading the Bible. And so what I've done is I've just taken all of the different excuses that I've heard over the years, and I've put them into three categories, So let's talk about those three categories, those three excuses. Here's excuse number one, and that is reading the Bible is hard. Reading the Bible is just hard. And the only real response to that is, well, then don't do anything hard, right? Because that works in life, doesn't it? Reading the Bible is hard. I want to submit to you today that reading the Bible is not hard. Again, we tend to use that as an excuse, but reading the Bible in and of itself is not a hard thing to do. I actually came up with a list of things that I think are hard. 
And so I want to share my list with you, and you see if this is true for you as well. I think parenting is hard. And anybody agree with me on that? Yeah, you're trying to figure this thing out, and your kids stretch you, and you feel like you don't often have the tools and the answers and the wisdom and the response that you need. Parenting is really hard. Now, I had a 12-year-old come to me this morning and say, parenting's not hard to me. I said, you just hang in there, buddy, because it's going to get hard at some point. I think parenting is really hard. Here's what else is hard. Keeping a marriage together. Well, that's a hard thing to do. Sometimes we have good seasons and challenging seasons, but keeping a marriage together, that's a lot of work. That's hard. How about digging ditches? That's hard, isn't it? Especially in weather like this. That seems like a hard thing to me. I think the ladies will appreciate this one. How about giving birth to a baby? That's hard. That's like over the top hard. And so as I think about this list, these things to me are kind of hard. And again, I want to submit to you that reading the Bible does not fit into that category. I really don't think it's hard to read. Now, let's be honest because we want to be that way in church. And let's just acknowledge the fact that understanding the Bible can be challenging. So I don't think it's hard to read, but understanding it might be a different story. And that's kind of like a sub-excuse of reading the Bible is hard. I just can't understand it, and so because it's hard, because I can't understand, then I will just stop. When we say that the Bible is just too hard, or I can't understand it, and so I'm going to stop, what we do is we park ourselves in neutral intellectually. And that is never a good place to be. And so let's do this. Let's say it's not too hard and it is not too difficult to understand. How annoyed would you be with me if we sat down and we had a conversation and you began to speak and I just kind of put up my arms and said, hang on a second. I don't understand a word you are saying. This conversation is too hard you'd probably be a little frustrated with me. And let's say we set up another time and we get together in a few days and we try it again, and I once more put my hands up and say, you know what, I don't understand any word that you are saying. This is a hard conversation. Probably two things would happen. The first thing that would happen is you'd reach across the table and you'd slap me in the face, right? Which I deserve that. You should probably do that. The second thing that would happen is you would look at me and you would say, Figure it out. We speak the same language here. Figure it out. Yet we do this with God all of the time. He has given us a conversation. It's right here in the Bible. And yet we often say, it's too hard. I don't understand. And I think that's kind of an insulting thing to say to God. Let's figure it out. Let's put in the hard work. It's not too hard, and we can understand this, but it does take a lot of work. It's interesting because even Jesus, when he was here on earth, when he had conversations with people and they would come to him with a question, he would often say, have you not read? Haven't you read? Meaning that the answer was already there, and my expectation is that you read scripture and you wouldn't have to come and ask these kinds of questions. And so let's do this. Let's say and remind ourselves it is not too hard. And we can understand. 
Let's put in the hard work and let's make it happen. All right, excuse number two is that I don't have the time. Right? Like I'm really busy, I'm busier than everybody else and I just don't have the time. I find myself using this excuse quite a bit, which is kind of funny, because I actually get paid to read the Bible, and yet I still use the excuse, man, there's a lot going on, and I just don't have time to do that. It really is just an excuse, because the reality is, and I think we intellectually understand this, that we all have the same amount of time. What happens is that we tend to allow what is urgent to crowd out what is important, And what is urgent makes a lot of noise and it screams and yells and it demands our attention. And so we've got to get there and we've got to give attention to that. We've got to fix whatever that urgent thing is. And often we neglect what is important. Don't let the urgent crowd out the important. God's word is vitally important to us, to our life and to our success and to our walk with God. So let's not let the urgent crowd out the important. And this is on me. It's on you. It is our job. It is our responsibility to make sure that we schedule it and make it happen. And that's because we all have time. We really do. Here's the third excuse. And that is, I don't agree with it. I've read some different things, but I don't agree with the Bible. So... When has that excuse ever kept us from reading something? I mean, think about it. We read stuff all of the time that we don't agree with, but we still read it. And so if you don't agree with Scripture, and if you find yourself here and you're a skeptic, welcome. I'm really glad that you're here, and I think this is a safe place for you to say that and for you to investigate those things. I would encourage you just to read Scripture for the great literature that it is. And just see what happens along the way. Okay? Those are the excuses. And let's kind of move past them. Let's explode them a bit and move into our big idea, which says this. Let's choose life and peace. Let's choose life and peace. Let's move past the excuses and choose life and peace. And we can actually find that within the Word of God. So if you have a Bible or a device... I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. You can also scan the QR code in your program, and that'll bring up all of our notes and all of our scripture for today. I want us to jump into this, and we're just going to look at two verses today, and I'm going to explain what they mean. And then I've got some interviews and some people that are going to talk to us about their life verses for 2015. So here's Romans chapter 8, verse 5. It says this, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Again, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Makes sense, right? If I allow my sinful nature to dominate and control me, then I will in turn do sinful things. But if I allow the Spirit to control me, then I will do things that please the Spirit. Think good cop, bad cop. Let's talk a little theology here. Theology is the study of God, so let's just think about God for a moment because he really reveals himself here and how we can walk through life with peace. 
So God is actually three persons in one. Three persons that have distinct personalities and distinct jobs, but yet they always function as one. And that's what makes God so incredible and bigger than all of us, is that he's three in one. And we actually describe it this way. We say there's God the Father, there is God the Son, and that's Jesus, and then God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they work together. They are always in unison. They always agree. If they didn't agree, then God couldn't be God. And since that can't happen, we find them in Scripture always working in unison together. They are one person. So think about this. When a person trusts in God the Son... And we use language like that here. When you trust in Jesus alone to save you, when you make him your leader and your forgiver, when you trust in his rescuing work and don't add anything to that, here's what happens inside of us. God the Father gives us the gift of God the Holy Spirit. And scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us. He lives in you. He resides in you. And he does that for everyone who trusts in Jesus alone. And one of his primary responsibilities is to help us get scripture. That's like his job. And so that's why we really can't use the excuse that it's too hard and I don't understand. Because God the Father, when we trust in God the Son, gives us a gift. And one of his jobs is to turn the light on on Scripture so that we get it and we understand. And yes, it can be challenging to understand at times. But we got to put in the work and we have the gift of the Holy Spirit who helps us understand all of this. Now the challenge for all of us is that we can ignore the Holy Spirit within us. We can push him away. We can pretend that he's not there and not listen to him and instead give more attention to our sinful nature, which, by the way, we all have. So the real question becomes, who or what do you want to be controlling you? Do you want that to be your sinful nature? Or do you want that to be the spirit inside of you if you've trusted in Christ alone? Now, before you answer that, let's go back to Romans chapter 8. And I want to look at verse 6 because this might help us all come to a conclusion. Here's what verse 6 says. So, letting your sinful nature control your mind or your way of thinking leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind... Again, your way of thinking leads to life and peace. There's our big idea, right? Let's push past the excuses and let's choose life and peace. So here's the conclusion. Letting your sinful nature control your mind, well, that leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind, well, that leads to life and peace. Life and peace sounds a lot better to me than death. (laughs) Maybe I'm overthinking it, but that just sounds a lot better to me than death. And so what helps us understand Scripture? The Holy Spirit. What helps us understand the mind and the heart of God? Scripture tells us about that. What leads to life and peace? Well, Scripture does. 
And all along the way, we have the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, living inside of us, shedding light on what we're reading, helping us to understand and get it. I've said this multiple times throughout the series. I'm going to say it again today, and I'll probably say it again next week as we wrap all of this up. We owe it to ourselves to pick up this conversation that God wants to have with us and read these words We owe it to ourselves. It is that powerful. It is that intense. It is that amazing. And it has something to say to us that will help us live with life and peace. So let's push past the excuses that we all make, myself included, and let's choose life and peace. And God, the Holy Spirit living within us, helps us to understand all of this. But we do have a choice. We do have a choice. God doesn't force this on us. God doesn't make us read this. We can either read it or we can ignore it and push it away. Who or what do you want to be controlling you? I hope as we walk away from all of this that everybody in here has a scotch of interest, a little bit more interest in picking up this amazing piece of literature because it can help us enjoy life and peace. You're going to find the words to Romans chapter 8 on the screen. And I want us just to say this together. So will you say with me Romans chapter 8 verse 5? Here we go. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Life and peace. Life and peace. This is what God offers to all of us, and we can find it in His Word with the Holy Spirit guiding us and shedding light on what we're reading. What I want to do now is I want to share with you several people who are going to give their life verses to you. And I want you just to kind of sit back and relax and take this in. And I want you to think about what your life verse might be. And maybe you've made that decision. If you haven't, you've got some time yet to think through that. But as you listen to these words, just be encouraged with what's happening and consider what God wants to say to you. So let's check this out. Watch this. My name's Phil, and my life verse for 2015 is Proverbs 28, 27. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. My name is Anthony, and my life verse for 2015 is Proverbs 16, 3. Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. My name is Rhonda, and my life verse for 2015 is Matthew 6:33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. My name is Jared, and my life verse for 2015 is Colossians 2:10. Because you belong to Christ, you have everything you need. He is the ruler over every power and authority. Will you help me welcome Jamie Meisner? So, Jamie, you have chosen as a life verse for this year something from the book of Isaiah, which is an Old Testament book. And I know 
this has great meaning for you. So will you share your life verse with us? And why have you chosen that verse, and why is it meaningful, and I know you're memorizing it. Why is that so impactful for you? Um, well, for me, um, I tend to be a little bit, a little bit of a control freak, <laughs> and that leads to me worrying about everything. So um, it's just a, this verse is a good reminder that um, I don't need to worry. God's in control, and, uh, not me. So... One of the things you shared with me is that you have some family and life events happening this year, your husband's work. So share that with us because it helps us understand not to worry. No one here worries at all, do they? Yeah. You actually had a verse last year for Life First that was the same kind of theme. So share that with us as well. it's great that you've got a couple of verses stacked together like that because it shows God's word really does have the ability to speak directly into your heart and what's bothering you or what you struggle with. If you dig and search, you can find things that speak directly to that. So uh, you're going to have a fun time this year not worrying about anything. Yeah. So uh, we shared, too, or, or you talked to me about something that you did last year that I believe you're planning on doing again this year to keep the verse in front of you so you don't forget about it. Because that is the challenge. We come up with a verse, we forget about it, and it's no longer a big deal. So you did not let that happen last year. You did something unique, and your friends made fun of you for it. But that's okay. Tell us what you did. It's a good room. It's a great reminder, too. And we had an individual last year, and one of the things they did to keep the verse in front of them is that they sent themselves an email. They set it up as an automatic thing that would happen. They sent themselves an email every day that was their life verse. And so he said, just about every day for one year, I read my verse over and over and over again. And that's part of what we're trying to encourage people to do. And I love how you too, you've challenged all of us to kind of think about a family verse too, which isn't part of what we've shared here, but that's a great idea as well. So great words, 
thank you for sharing that. We're going to be praying for you as we pray for all of us that these verses really take root in our hearts. So will you help me thank Jamie? (laughs) Thanks. My name is Pete, and my life first for 2015 is Matthew 12, 36, and 37. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. My name's Austin, and my life first for 2015 is Matthew 6, 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. My name is Maddie. My life verse for 2015 is Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. My name is Jake, and my life verse for 2015 is from Job 28, verse 13 and 28. Wisdom is not to be found among men. No one knows its true value. God said to men, to be wise, you must have reverence for the Lord. To understand, you must turn from evil. Would you please welcome Doug DeLong. So you've chosen a couple of verses from 1 Corinthians. So we've had one verse from the Old Testament, now a couple from the New Testament. So share your verses with us. My life verse for this year is from 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. Do everything in love. And you shared with me when we were walking through this that as of a week ago, you you didn't have your verses. So you were trying to search and find and discover and read and it was at Men of Ice, which yes. is our men's gathering, where something clicked and you were able to land with those verses, correct? That's right. Um, the Men of Ice group has been an excellent experience for me. Uh, Lee White's leadership and guidance has been inspirational. Um, the guys are very supportive, and uh, the guys have been great. And I had been researching for a couple weeks prior to last weekend and I just didn't find that one that I said this is it this is the one that I want to do this year and it's important for me to have a life verse that relates to where I'm at in my journey with Christ and for me the verse means uh, be on your guard uh, to look out for temptations be on the lookout for those and realize that my actions and the way I am Uh, affect myself as well as others and I have to be accountable for my actions and decisions Um, stand firm in the faith Uh, I think it's important to be firm stay the positive course find strength in the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us Mm -hmm. and my faith my solid faith foundation is important for me to fight fight against sin Mm -hmm. These verses really spoke to you deeply as a a man, a father, husband, and worker? Yes. Um, My grandfather, who I have to say, uh, from the great state of Ohio, (laughs) home of this year's football national champions, 
Um, Shameless plug. <laughs> I actually uh, asked Eric if I could bring my Ohio State football helmet <laughs> lamp here for some ambiance, but he didn't say yes or no, but I took it as a no. Um, but back when I was about 15 years old, my father had recently passed away, and he had given me some words uh, like integrity, loyalty, being honest, uh, keeping your promises, be a good citizen, um, be kind, be sincere. And when, I, when the verse came out in the video last week, it reminded me of those good words, which I, I want to be a man like that. And I think when uh, it states, be a man of courage and be strong, those are the kind of words I think that has reached out to me, that I want to be that kind of man. And I think I and men today have to step up and be, uh, face adversity, be able to help out others. And um, it's important for me to be able to do that. And I think when in, with everything, do it in love. Like verse 16 says, mm -hmm. do everything in love. For not only my, uh, with my family, but my friends, my coworkers, and people I don't even know if you're out at the store or at a mm -hmm. restaurant or something. You mentioned work. And I think that your verse is going to come in handy at your workplace this year. So describe what you do, and I think that'll make sense. So. Absolutely. Uh, I work at Glen Mills Schools. I've worked at Glen Mills for about 28 and a half years, and it is a program, a school, for court-adjudicated juvenile delinquents from all over the country. Um, so needless to say, it is uh, a challenging job from day to day. These young men that I work with need positive role models, especially male figures. And, um, you know, they come from broken homes and, and not a very good living environment. So it's important for me uh, to be a man of faith. My students know that I'm a man of faith. Um, my coworkers do. And it's a tough and challenging job, but uh, I used and quite often my verse from last year, which was from Psalm 3.3, uh, but you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who keeps my head held high. And numerous times I relied on that to help me. The power of that verse helped me get through uh, the tough days if I was in the middle of one. And um, I, f I actually found it interesting that when things were really clicking in my life uh, and things were really going well, that I would say that too with a smile on. So I'm sure this year I'm going to use the power of this year's verse in, in everything that I do. To be strong and courageous and to do all of that in love, you're going to have great impact thanks. where you work. So yes. thanks for sharing that. And will you help me thank Doug? Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> so we have just one takeaway, and that is share. It's time for us to share. We've had several people share their verse or verses with us, and it's time for us to do that as well. And I think in sharing... Here's what happens. It leads to life and peace and a commitment to stand on those words in the coming days, no matter what happens. Will you pray with me? Father, we come before you and we're grateful for some time today to really think about how you offer to us through your word life and peace. God, we have a choice. We can pick up your word, 
We can pick up this conversation that you want to have with us and we can read and we can engage or we can certainly kind of push that to the side and ignore that. But God, in doing that, we're going to be paying more attention to our sinful nature. And we know if we do that, that will lead to sin. So God, I pray that you'd help us all to consider how can we allow our lives to be controlled by the Spirit and do things that please the Spirit? God, I think this simple activity that we're going to walk through is one of those ways. Really finding a verse or two and allowing that to anchor our souls for what is coming. God, I pray that as we move into this time that you would just use all of this to really help us value what you value. And God, I pray that you'd use it to help us not get all so consumed with the urgent that we neglect what is important. And certainly your word is important to us. So God, use these next few moments in our lives to just challenge us and to make a strong commitment to using your words in our hearts and in our lives this year. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.